The Moody Academy Expert Talks is a series of online sessions featuring industry experts talking about the Philippine real estate landscape as we cope with the new normal. Hello everyone, my name is Adine Passi's Learning and Development Coach for Lamudi Philippines and this is our first episode of Lamudi Academy Expert Talks. Uh, for this topic, we will be discussing real estate trends and opportunities after quarantine period and this talk will be provided by Joey Bondock of Colliers International. Uh, later on, after his talk, I did pose a couple of questions for him as well as questions that are often asked during our closed door webinars. But if you have any questions as well, feel free to type them on chat during this live session where we will get to you as soon as possible. Thank you again for watching and now to Joey. Good morning, Lamudi. I'm Joey Bondok. I'm from the uh, research department of uh, Colliers International. And uh, today I will be presenting an update on the office and residential market for the first quarter of 2020. We have been getting a lot of uh, queries about how developers have been responding to this COVID-19 pandemic that we are all experiencing right now and what should they do to uh, recalibrate how should they reposition uh, as they navigate through this uncertain times in the market so let me present to you my uh, slides for this morning so this is practically our uh, presentation for the first quarter of 2020 but let me start first with a few macroeconomic slides here. As you can see, a lot of um, economic analysts, credit rating companies are now projecting a slower growth for the Philippine economy. So the projections of 5, 6, 7% GDP for 2020 are now out of the window. Uh, in the first quarter of 2020, the uh, National Economic Development and Authority mentioned that the Philippines recorded a 0.2% contraction. So we're likely to see a much slower uh, growth or contraction of economic output by the second quarter of 2020. Now remittances from Filipinos working abroad still grow, uh, at least for January of 2020. However, a lot of analysts are also projecting a three to six billion dollar drop for remittances uh, this year because of uh, some economies likely to experience recession. So more Filipino employees are likely to be displaced or laid off. So that is. Uh, will likely result in slower remittances for 2020. But what's uh, positive for the property market right now is that we're no longer seeing the mortgage rates of 20, 21%. Uh, previously, now mortgage rates are down to about 5 to 7%. And we believe that once the market demand recovers in 2021, this is one economic indicator that will help spur a demand in the property market. So. A lot of um, investors are, of course, asking about the uh, condominium market in Metro Manila. How is it performing? How is the demand? What do we expect in terms of completion? But before I discuss that, let me just give you a few pointers on 
how the office market is performing because of course this is one segment that is also complementing the residential demand what i can tell you is that for the first quarter of 2020 we saw slower um transactions for office space so some companies that were initially looking at occupying office space for three to five years uh, they have stalled those uh, expansion plans and now taking a wait and see stance um it depends on the recovery of the economy but we believe that uh, the outsourcing sector as well as some traditional occupiers will likely lead uh, in terms of occupying new space for 2020 but again because of the software demand in the market we're likely to see higher vacancy, and this will also result in correction of office lease rates across Metro Manila. This slide here shows you the amount of uh, new office space that we expect for 2020, and that is uh, again slower compared to what we initially estimated. 1.07 million square meters of office supply. That was our initial projection. But because of the work stoppage in Metro Manila, as well as the implementation of social distancing measures across the capital region once this lockdown has been lifted, we're likely to see a slower pace of completion. So that's 784,000 square meters down from 1.07 million square meters. Now, Given that amount of supply and the uh, take-up that we are expecting for 2020, we are likely to see a higher vacancy for the entire Metro Manila region. Um, initially, uh, prior to this COVID-19 pandemic and lockdown, we were projecting 900,000 square meters of office space take-up or demand. But uh, because of a slower uh, take-up and slower leasing activities, we are likely to see this demand uh, being down significantly. So from 900,000 square meters, we're likely to see about uh, 300 to 450,000 square meters for 2020. And this will result in a vacancy of between 5.5 to 7% for 2020. Of course, this is higher again compared to the 4.3% that we posted in 2019. And just to provide uh, context in back in 2009 during the global financial crisis we recorded a vacancy of 8.6 percent in the office market but this dropped by about 5.5 percent by 2010 so 8.6 percent that was the highest vacancy for metro manila office that we recorded since 2009 for about 11 years now because of the increase in vacancy, softer uh, demand overall in the market, of course, uh, what will likely happen is a slowdown in office lease rates. I'll just give you uh, historical data here. As you can see, Asian financial crisis in 1998, office lease rates at the time dropped by 16% before recovering positive 14 in 2000. And for during the global financial crisis, that was uh, probably an easier time for the uh, office uh, market, Metro Manila market, because uh, after dropping by 14% in 2009, the lease rates rebounded at a, at a quicker pace in 2010 and growing by a positive 5%. Now, for 2020, our assessment and our projection is uh, that office lease rates will drop by 
percent, and uh, that's one of the fastest uh, drop in Asian uh, region. Now, this is a slide that uh, we have uh, compiled with our regional market uh, prior to the COVID-19 pandemic, when the COVID-19 issue was still a China story. It's not yet still the pandemic that uh, we have right now. So if you look at Manila, it is ranked with Bangalore, Delhi, Singapore, and a common um, feature for these cities is that they are part of the top 10 outsourcing destinations in the world. Imagine Manila being ranked uh, alongside Delhi, Bangalore, which are among the most competitive locations based on a survey by Tholons. But Singapore, of course, is a major a financial hub in the region, so it's no longer surprising to see it under the excitement phase where rents are growing. It's uh, compiled prior to the COVID-19 issue and the lockdown imposed all over Metro Manila. But when COVID affected a lot of economies and this lockdown has been imposed, Manila is now um, at the denial stage. And now we are likely to see an imbalance in terms of supply and demand. Of course, if there is this imbalance, we are again seeing rental values declining. And again, that's what we see right now that we have this uh, lockdown all over Metro Manila. And we believe that even if this uh, lockdown is uh, lifted, we're likely to see um, values, rental values of office space all over Metro Manila dropping. Again, this supports our my earlier statement that the office lease rates are likely to drop for 2020. Now, you're probably curious which segment drives the demand in Metro Manila. The outer pie here represents the first quarter of 2020 transactions, and uh, it's equally split between the three segments, so 32% of transactions during the period from Pogos or the offshore gaming companies, 31% from your traditional corporations, tenants, including multinational corporations, financial agencies, insurance companies, and even government agencies that have been transferring to newer and more expansive office buildings. But the remaining 37% here is from your outsourcing segment. And um, as you can see, their uh, share to total transactions has been growing. In fact, a starting third quarter of 2020, we saw a recovery in terms of demand from outsourcing companies, including um, call centers. Now, what's notable also is that there was a 25% drop in terms of transactions first quarter of 2020, first quarter of 2020 and uh, 19. That is no longer surprising given that uh, we saw uh, slower leasing activities for the first three months of the year. What you have here right now is the take up from the outsourcing companies. If we're having this webinar 2010-2009, I tell you that 70-80% of uh, demand is easily coming from the outsourcing companies, the call centers, the knowledge process outsourcing companies, including medical coding and software engineering. But as you can see from this slide here, during the global financial crisis, there was a 47% drop in office space take-up. And it took the market six to nine months to recover. So this only means that after the GFC, it took the BPO company six to nine months to again complete the lease deals that they have or inquired about 
prior to the global financial crisis. And for this uh, pandemic that we are seeing right now, it might take a bit longer than that. So we're probably looking at six to 12 months after this uh, virus has been contained. Uh, POGOs are again a major driver of office transactions in Metro Manila. As you can see, 37% uh, of total transactions uh, was covered by the Pogo companies, offshore gaming companies from China. And from only 8% in 2016, they have significantly occupied space all over Metro Manila. And of course, there are some locations that have been dependent on Pogo demand. The amount of space that they occupy all over Metro Manila right now is uh, 1.34 million square meters, and that covers about 11% of total leasable space in Metro Manila. What I can tell you now is that for 2020, they are still occupying or pre-leasing office space. The only problem that we see right now is they cannot occupy or they cannot um, bring in more Chinese employees because of the travel restrictions imposed to and from China. So. Let me do a recap of what we see in the office sector. For the demand side, we are definitely seeing uh, softer uh, leasing transactions. In fact, from 900,000 square meters that we initially estimated, we are likely to see about only half of that or even 300,000 square meters, only about a third of what we initially estimated. In terms of supply, there will be a 26% drop in terms of new office space uh, to be completed. So from 1.07 million square meters, we'll probably see about 780,000 square meters of new office space for 2020. And because of that, we are likely to see rents dropping by 17% before a slow recovery in 2021 and 2020. And a lot of uh, tenants are again um, pausing, holding off in terms of expansion. And as I mentioned, they're probably uh, looking at three to six months after this COVID-19 pandemic has been contained before they may restart their leasing queries for office space all over Metro Manila. Now, another segment where we see this uh, uh, slower demand for property markets spilling over is for the residential sector, for the condominium market in Metro Manila. Now, uh, we are likely to see slower completion, again, because of the supply uh, constraints. Um, we are seeing construction delays because of work stoppage. And we also have to know that even after this COVID-19 pandemic has been lifted, there will be some social distancing measures that will be implemented within construction sites. And that will, of course, hamper the completion of more condominium units and projects all over Metro Manila. For 2020, we are now likely to see 11,000 square meters, uh, or mean 11,000 units of condominium units all over the capital region. And that is significantly less compared to the 14,700 units that we initially estimated. So now we are starting to see some delays in terms of condominium completion all over Metro Manila. We didn't see a significant increase in uh, vacancy uh, in the secondary market. So when we talk about secondary market, we cover the condominium units that were turned over already and are now being offered to the lease market or being resold. Okay, so there's no significant increase, but we are likely to see a mid-teens vacancy starting second quarter of 2020, especially with you know, a lot of uh, businesses uh, closing, um, 
major operations have were practically stopped. So that also resulted in stoppage or slower leasing activities in Metro Manila for the first quarter of 2020. And anecdotally, there was really a slower activities for the second quarter of the year. Now, let me backtrack a bit and uh, look at the prices, how prices uh, performed or increased or decreased during the past uh, financial crisis. Look at Asian financial crisis. Uh, prices of uh, condominiums dropped by 14% in 1998, another 9% in 1999 before recovering in 2000. During the global financial crisis, the market was less affected, so there was a 1.5% contraction for condominium prices before increasing again 2.1% in 2010. Now, our forecast for 2020 is that there will be a 15% drop for average price of condominium prices all over Metro Manila before a slow recovery in 2021 as well as 2022. Now, because of the slow releasing activities and the availability of ready-for-occupancy units in the market, as well as completed units being offered to the secondary market, we expect a 5.5% correction for off our condominium uh, lease rates all over Metro Manila before recovering and growing by 2% annually from 2021 and 2022. Just a few economic indicators that uh, we believe investors and developers should uh, be watching out for in the next uh, few months and quarters. Look at unemployment because uh, anecdotally, condominium units between 1.7 to 3.2 and 3.2 million to 6 million pesos uh, per unit are also dependent on the local employment and aside from employment you also have to consider the flow of remittances from filipinos working abroad interest rates as i mentioned they're still low and the central bank will probably be more aggressive in cutting interest rates so that should result in lower mortgage rates in the market and consumer confidence um, this is one indicator that we also need to uh, observe because uh, we have seen that in previous uh, years, in, during years that there's a slower or low consumer confidence, we also saw a slower increase of condominium prices and rents and a slower take up in the Metro Manila condominium market. Um, in terms of price correction, we believe that uh, if this uh, virus extends beyond 2020 and we're unable to contain it or our um, ECQ or lockdown efforts uh, do not bear fruit, then it is likely that the mid-income segment will suffer. So this is the uh, price segment that uh, uh, condominium prices range from 3.2 to 6 million pesos. You also see the affordable segment being affected. So those are the condominium units price from 1.7 to 3.2 million pesos. So these are the uh, price segments for condo that will likely be affected by the COVID-19 pandemic, especially if the market sentiment fails to stabilize or improve by the second half of 2020. Again, one of the reasons why we believe this is one segment that is vulnerable to price correction is if you look at the 
um, remaining inventory or unsold condominium units in the market. These two segments combine for 68% of uh, total unsold inventory or condominium units in the market. Note that for a normal Metro Manila condominium market, given a normal year, an average year where you have sustained take-up or demand, that 47,000 units can easily be taken up in a year. But because of slower demand in the market, we're likely to see uh, absorption being extended to a year or about a year and a half. And uh, one question that uh, we always get is, has the party ended? Because as the blue line represents here, uh, after the Asian financial crisis, there has been a sustained increase in terms of condominium prices all over Metro Manila. Uh, however, that is likely to drop starting 2020, especially if we're likely to see um, a slower growth, economic growth for the Philippines for 2021. But if the uh, market conditions improve starting second half of 2020 and that pent-up demand starts to kick in starting first quarter of 2021, then we're likely to see a rebound from the residential market by 2021. So that's uh, what we see for the residential segment. Just um, a quick review of what I discussed. So for the demand side, there will be a softer demand for uh, units in the pre-selling as well as uh, secondary uh, markets for condominium in Metro Manila. Uh, in terms of supply, uh, we're no longer seeing the more than 14,000 uh, condo units that will that we initially estimated to be completed this year. In fact, we're looking at about what 11, close to 11,000 condo units likely to be delivered for 2020. However, because of software demand in the market, we're likely to see prices dropping by 15% for 2020 and a softening, a correction of lease rates. We are likely to see these rental rates dropping by 5.5% for 2020. I also have a slide here on retail, which is uh, pretty interesting because this just shows you the spectrum of uh, retailers that are likely to be affected or likely to benefit uh, from this lockdown. So those segments that have low exposure uh, cover the essential segments. So you have pharmacy, supermarkets, but now it's no longer enough that you're into food and beverage where demand is really high, but you have to ensure that you have logistics in place and you also have um, well-functioning delivery systems. You also have to note that retailers that have expansive online presence, whether platforms of the mall operators or in social media are those that are thriving during this lockdown. And then um, some companies or retailers that have moderate exposure include those into um, cosmetics or, or home uh, furniture. But the retail segments that will likely be affected are those where people convene. So you have the likes of cinema and food courts. In fact, one of our recommendations is that mall operators should rethink the density uh, that way they will be implementing for these retail segments. Of course, fitness gyms and travel goods and services because of uh, air travel being greatly affected by this uh, COVID-19 pandemic will likely 
feel the pinch of this uh, lockdown as well as the COVID-19 pandemic. That has been affecting a lot of uh, major economies around the world. Now, just a review of uh, what we see in the property market. So previously, we had the crisis being affected or um, initiated by a single uh, business segment. So that's the financial, the banking, especially during the Asian financial and global financial crisis, especially the uh, mortgage crisis in the United States. But right now, this pandemic is really al- affecting a lot of sectors. It is cutting across all segments and it is really affecting uh, a lot of economies around the world and a lot of economic segments, including property. But what we saw previously is that um, f- during the global financial crisis, one reason why uh, the Philippines had limited um, exposure was because you still have the BBO segment growing at the time. And we also had less exposure in terms of external trade or imports and exports. There was also a faster recovery during the global financial crisis, uh, again, because of the BPO boom during the period. However, for this COVID-19 pandemic, we are seeing the uh, BPO sector, outsourcing sector, slightly maturing, although there's another layer of demand driver, and that is POGO, the further expansion of the segment is being constricted by the travel restrictions imposed by various governments. But what works for the property sector now is that we are seeing low interest, uh, low interest as well as mortgage rates, and that will help propel the property segment moving forward, especially if we see a recovery by 2021. Again, a lot of economists have ruled out the possibility of a V-shaped recovery, and we are likely to see a U-shaped recovery starting 2021. What we can also say is that this global uh, pandemic is probably worse than the global financial crisis where it took companies six to nine months before finally occupying office space. But this is probably not as bad as the Asian financial crisis because the financial system is functioning well, it is strong, and the interest rates uh, have never been as low as they are right now. So um, another feature, another characteristic that uh, developers learned during the previous crisis is that now they can easily turn off the supply tap, especially for office when they see that there's a softening uh, of demand in the market. And they do that to uh, prevent um, vacancies from increasing and rental values and capital values from further um, eroding. So overall, that's what we see in the property market. And uh, we hope that uh, once the economy, the Philippine economy and global economies recover by 2021, the property market is one of those segments that will benefit. We're still optimistic, especially because for the residential market, owning a house remains an aspiration of every Filipino. So that is one objective that will help propel the property market going forward. So that's it for our first uh, quarter property market uh, updates. Nadine? All right. 
Hi, uh, Joey. So just a few questions from, yeah, sure. from our brokers, right? Um, uh, there are questions about the property market outside Metro Manila. So can you okay. give us a quick uh, scenario of what is happening now and what can happen after the pandemic? Well, I think for property markets outside of Metro Manila, we're, we are seeing uh, a very positive outlook for these because, number one, a lot of office occupiers are looking at diversifying outside of Metro Manila. They don't want to be Metro Manila-centric because, for instance, if there's another pandemic or lockdown uh, and uh, companies stop operating in Metro Manila, then they will be forced to completely uh, stop their operations, right? But if they have sites outside of Metro Manila, they can continue uh, a part of their operations. And this should also have an impact on the residential demand. What I can tell you is that even before this COVID-19 pandemic and even before the lockdown, a lot of property investors have been considering condominium, house and lots, or lot projects in Pampanga, in Bulacan, in Cavite, Laguna, Batangas, Cebu, Davao, Bacolod, Iloilo. These are just some of the more viable locations outside of Metro Manila. And what um, helps investors to look for these uh, properties outside of the capital region is the decentralization push of the government, meaning they want more economic opportunities outside of Metro Manila. And, and how does the government do that? They have been building a lot of infrastructure. So you have railway projects extending all the way to Bulacan, to Cavite, Laguna, even Bicol. You have some passenger and cargo rail that uh, extend all the way up north. So you have uh, Pampanga, uh, Terlac and Pangasinan benefiting from those projects. And we believe that all these decentralization and infrastructure implementation programs will keep uh, the property market afloat and will help a lot of investors in terms of having more options in the market and will, will help dictate the strategies of uh, developers even after this COVID-19 pandemic. Uh, next question, will foreign interest for properties in general return after the quarantine is lifted? Definitely, because even before this COVID-19 pandemic, you have to note that uh, condominiums in Metro Manila have one of the highest yields in the region. And that's uh, the reason why prior to this COVID-19 pandemic, we were seeing huge interest from foreign investors from Singapore, Japan, uh, even those from the Middle East. While we are likely to see a slower demand for 2020, both from the local as well as foreign investors, we are likely to see a recovery starting 2021, especially if the market condition, conditions start to stabilize during that uh, period. In fact, that there are some institutional buyers from the Middle East, from other Southeast Asian countries that are likely to uh, continue buying uh, condominium units uh, once this pandemic is over, once the market conditions uh, st stabilize or um, neutralize. So I think 
what we are seeing right now is that uh, from our brokers, uh, we're still uh, hearing some queries, especially from foreign investors. And one key um, feature that we've been seeing right now is uh, these investors are now not just focused on Metro Manila. They are also looking at other areas outside of the capital region. And these are similar to the locations that I mentioned earlier. I think right now they're, they're not just looking for key hubs, key areas outside of the capital region, but they're also looking at some uh, leisure-oriented uh, house and lot units that are in the southern part of uh, Luzon, northern part of uh, Metro Manila, because they want to be in areas where there is less congestion. So these are uh, also some um, foreign investors are looking at uh, investing in a condominium unit or house and lot that is within an integrated community. Those uh, residential projects that are able to provide the live, work, play lifestyle and when there is convenience, wherein the investors can maximize the convenience provided by the developers and property managers. Right. Uh, thanks to technology, there is now the introduction of online payment and reservations uh, from developers, uh, as well as leniency in payment schemes. Will this actually help uh, boost real estate after quarantine compared to when we experienced uh, the Asian financial and uh, the global financial crisis? Oh, definitely, because uh, right now, as we see a lot of uh, social distancing measures being implemented, so you know there is less uh, cash being used. So we are likely to see more uh, payment being done online. In fact, the central bank has been recording a huge surge in terms of use of InstaPay and other online uh, payment or selling platforms. And we believe that uh, the property market, of course, will also benefit from this system because it provides much convenience, it expedites the payment process, it streamlines the uh, entire process of buying or selling properties. And we believe that uh, the uh, property investors, developers, buyers should take advantage of this uh, increasing use of technology to pay to buy or sell properties. Additional questions based on your presentation. Yep. To clarify, what does it mean for Manila to be in the denial stage? Uh, and how did Metro Manila end up in the denial stage? Well, it is in the middle part of that stage because when you say denial stage, we are now seeing a imbalance between supply and demand. So um, imbalance meaning there's a greater supply that we now see in the market and less demand because of softening of leasing activities. But I think one key characteristic that uh, developers in Metro Manila have now is this ability to quickly turn off the supply tap, especially if they see a slower demand in the market. Just to give you an idea, after the bitter experience of the Asian financial crisis, a lot of uh, local developers in Metro Manila have quickly turned off the supply tap. Uh, 
So what did they do? From about 550,000 square meters of office space in 2009, when they saw the global financial crisis having a significant in impact in terms of demand in the market, they quickly limited their new completion of office space. So from 550,000 square meters, that was significantly reduced to about 200,000 square meters. And what did, the, what did that measure do? Number one, it helped to temper the increase in vacancy. And number two, it helped uh, reduce the erosion of rental values all over Metro Manila. What signs are we looking for for Metro Manila to move to the next stage after denial? Well, one of the signs that uh, we're looking for is, number one, if market conditions improve starting second half of 2020, then we will probably see more leasing activities finally materializing. Again, when we look at the global financial crisis, it took um, occupiers six to nine months. Uh, before finally completing their office leases. Now for 2020, it might take a bit more time because as I mentioned, this pandemic uh, and its impact on the economy and property is probably worse than the global financial crisis. So instead of six to nine months, we'll probably look at six to 12 months before companies start um, occupying new office space. And that should result in a slow recovery in terms of uh, demand, as well as recovery in terms of lease rates. So we'll probably see uh, a growth in lease rates starting 2021. So that should be a turnaround compared to the 17% reduction that we are projecting for 2020. And last question, with the work from home policy slowly becoming more popular uh, and maybe applied after quarantine, will that affect both office and residential uh, trends? Okay, so let me discuss by segment. So for office, yes, the work from home uh, arrangement will still be popular even after this uh, COVID-19 pandemic or even after this lockdown. This will probably be part of the new normal. So some companies will probably look at uh, implementing split operations. So half will be um, operating or uh, occupying traditional office space. Half will be working from home or taking up uh, um, flexible work workspace. I'll give you an idea. For example, for one company, they're looking at 30% of their workforce will be occupying traditional office space uh, after the lockdown. Uh, so the remaining 70% will now be working from home. But that 70% uh, of, of uh, employees that will not be in a traditional office space, uh, they, that can further be split into two. So you have seven, uh, half of that working from home, or half of that taking up flexible workspace. So from home experiment that uh, we are having right now, what it has uh, uh, um, resulted into is a greater demand for um, data computing, cloud computing. That's why this is one demand driver that we might see moving forward, the establishment of data centers across Metro Manila. Uh, also, while some companies only have about 50% of their employees uh, taking up traditional office space, some of these corporations are in fact allotting more space per employee. So that could be another demand driver for 
commercial office uh, space. Also, what we hear on the ground is that some BPO companies are looking for office space outside of the core locations and are trying to occupy office space but now they have to factor in the social distancing measures and one consideration key consideration is allotting more office space per employee so these are call centers major call centers that are looking to expand outside of major business districts now in terms of residential we are also likely to see a spike in uh, demand because number one if you have developers that have high number of ready for occupancy units and as i mentioned earlier you still have about forty-seven thousand unsold inventory in the market assuming some of those are completed this year what will uh, developers do to to lease them out um some developers might opt to uh, implement creative leasing schemes so they might want to lease those units out to the bpo employees especially now that Part of the new normal is that some companies are trying to um, look for halfway houses for their employees because they want their workers to be near their offices, their office buildings. In fact, we are, we are already seeing that um, a lot of BPO companies are leasing out or renting hotel rooms for their employees. And while we already saw a greater demand for this halfway houses prior to the COVID-19 pandemic and lockdown. This is one segment that will probably thrive uh, even after the lockdown has uh, been lifted by the government. So I think for developers that have a huge number of ready for occupancy units that will be completed uh, for this year, that is one option that they should consider so long as uh, it does not uh, erode their um, marketing um, strategies for their units and uh, as long as they are able to provide the promised yields for their unit owners. So all these factors should be considered, especially now that uh, we're um, seeing the new normal. Also, for some um, condominium, condominium units in the fringes of Metro Miller or in the fringes of key business districts, they might also want to lease this out to some um, employees that are looking for cheaper options in the market. So again, it also depends on the price segment that we have in the market, affordable, mid-income. Uh, I think developers overall should be more creative uh, with the leasing schemes that they will implement for their condominium units starting this year. All right, thank you very much, Joey, for your time. Thank uh, you, Nadine. Our, our audience have learned a lot today. Thank uh, you. If you have any questions, feel free to ask in the comment section and we will get back to you as soon as possible. Thank you again for watching and we will see you in the next episode of Expert Talks. Thank you.